Welcome to World Build With Us. This is the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are going to play some copyright music. Oh, wait, we can't, but it's the Monster Mash. So a little bit different from what we normally do here. What we're going to be doing today is we're going to be rolling for a random monster. We actually each brought in four different monsters. So we're going to get a a, a gamut of different variety here. And then we're going to basically do a world building jam with that monster in mind primarily. So we have to figure out a way to jam in that monster into the world building jam session and make it important in some meaningful way. If you want us to build your world, remember that you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, follow the link, and in no time, some time actually, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over at Let's World Build on Twitter. If you want to come join our Discord and talk about monsters, world building, or anything else, you can follow a link for that in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous, or you want some sweet, sweet access to our patron-only episodes, you can give us money over on Patreon with a link for that, also in the description. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and figure out the monster that we're going to be focusing on today. That would be the Minotaur, a classic Mm. of Greek mythology, Mm -hmm. um, born of, what is it? The Bull of Minos, or Minos is the original one, which is kind of the curse of a god, correct, Courtney? Yeah, it's like Poseidon has this bull that he wants the king to sacrifice and the king doesn't for some reason. Um, and Probably something to do with hubris. The Greeks pro- loved yeah. hubris back I think, then. Yeah. I think that is, yeah. And uh, then Poseidon like cursed the king's wife to fall in love with the bull and there's some some bestiality there and uh <laughs> yeah there's and always some questionable shit going on in greek mythology yeah yeah I, anyway she somehow <laughs> that that copulation ends up with the minotaur as the child right and then daedalus has to build um a, the labyrinth. a labyrinth to hide yeah. the minotaur you know and, mm-hmm. and hide the king of minos's shame and stuff like that yeah um so any good uh, greek mythology rpgs because i would be down for that um, I would take a look into uh, Aegon, which is the creator of Blades in the Dark's mm. uh, Greek mythology surrounding um, RPG. And uh, John Harper is the creator of that. And he is an interesting guy and has politics that I think you would agree with, Daniel. So, Oh, really? Fascinating. <laughs> I wonder what those politics are. I'm also curious. Uh, Court- actually, I would say Courtney is probably more aligned with John Harper's politics, but <laughs> I, will, I will just say that the police are a rival gang in Blades of the Dark for a reason. <laughs> it is a deliberate okay. choice. Okay. I see. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but enough of that. Podcast, okay. John Harper, come on, come on over so we can learn about your weird politics. Actually, I would, I would love to have John Harper on the podcast. I think that'd be super fun. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, uh, I, I, I can't remember if we can't reach him or we just haven't had a chance to yet. I don't know. Um, if, if someone within John Harper's like regular, regularly close bubble hears this, like, yeah, I don't know, toss, toss it out. You know. But that's not going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
Anyway, uh, let's get on with this monster mash here. We now have to pick a genre that we're going to mash the Minotaur into. So let's go ahead and roll the dice and see what happens. Ooh, that's a nat 20, which is normally good, but here it just means that we have to roll twice and combine the two genres. So that, that just means more work for us. Uh, let's see what happens. All right, first re-roll. We've got a, a steampunk adventure, which I'm already liking. And then the genre, the second genre, we have, which we also have to mash together is... Well, I can't do steampunk twice, so let's re-roll that Just again. maximum steampunk. Yeah, like crank up the knob on the <laughs> steampunk. And the second one is gothic horror. Okay, so we've got a gothic horror steampunk genre that we're mixing together. This is already a really fun direction, and <laughs> especially when you add in minotaurs or a minotaur. Mm -hmm. uh, the theme that we're going to go with here that we're focusing on first is going to be hope. Okay, we've got a hopeful gothic horror steampunk setting with a minotaur, and obviously the first thing that we're focusing on here is a uh, is a monster. So where are our brains taking us with this? Our, I think this is our very first double genre that we've gotten mm -hmm. here. So, uh, Courtney, I believe this was your monster, so you're going to be the yeah. one to start us off here. All right. Um, huh. This is an interesting combination. So oh, boy, with, is it? Yeah. <laughs> with steampunk right away, I was thinking, like, the minotaur is some kind of construct or, like, half-construct mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, gothic horror, though. I I mean, I guess that horror element could be something having to do with exploring a labyrinth-type setting. Okay. Ooh, and, I like that. Love that yeah. already. Here's mm -hmm. where my... Can, can I... Can I... I'm, like, so ready to jump in here. Oh, please. Please do. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> So we've got gothic horror. We've got steampunk. Where does my brain go immediately? We're thinking Victorian England because of course, and more specifically, we're thinking Jack the Ripper. And mm. in this case, Jack the Ripper is not just some regular ass serial killer. It is a literal beast of a minotaur sitting in like the labyrinthine, like urban environment of a gothic horror slash steampunk city. I was also thinking of the city as labyrinth too. Hell yeah. Mm. Uh -huh. Hell yeah, Daniel. Yeah. Oh, and proper and thematics like, we got going on here. Mm -hmm. I really like um, the Minotaur being part machine, which I think is what you're getting mm -hmm. at. Yes. Yeah, and then, so I guess we will get to the hope inevitably. But, oh right, we do have. But starting with starting with that, um, and I I want to think back on on what the Minotaur means, right? Like mm -hmm. so the Minotaur itself is a is, is something that was was is something that that was the the product of essentially like defying the gods and also yeah. appreciating the beauty of something. So like. The, the king, mm. like Minos, loved the, he he thought the bull was beautiful, I guess. <laughs> and so, you know, didn't want to sacrifice it. Um, and his refusal to do that results in his wife, you know, copulating with it and creating mm -hmm. the Minotaur. So I, I wonder if there's a way we can connect at least the idea of like, um, I guess, refusing a higher authority and this being the curse given to you. 
you know, mm -hmm. or the consequence. I don't know if that's really the theme of the Minotaur, at least prior to it, prior to it being in the, the labyrinth, but I wonder if there's something we can take from the Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I like the way, I mean, like, even if our interpretation isn't exactly spot on, I right. like the creativity and Agreed, your approach yeah. to this uh, angle that we're going with here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I agree, by the way. I think that having the Minotaur be part machine, mm -hmm. and, and, and mind you, when we say the Minotaur, we can have it be a literal Minotaur, or we can have mm -hmm. it be more broadly, thematically a Minotaur. So it can be like a half human, half machine, and then, you know, when they're in jack the ripper serial killer mode they have like bull horns and stuff like that or, <laughs> or or you know like maybe they're just mechanically like similar to a beast of some kind you know mm -hmm. but i like i like that what we're going with here um so far so daniel the the idea that you're trying to run with here is some kind of like blessing or curse from a god in some way is that where we want to start um it doesn't have to be a god and i'd rather be more rooted in something not magical mm -hmm. because this is a steampunk setting but mm -hmm. um some higher authority and the consequence of defying it is the creation of this thing so maybe it's the creation mm -hmm. of this construct so is is like yeah. the construct a curse placed upon the city because of what someone has done or is it the consequence of like refusing to mm -hmm. sacrifice something else oh interesting yeah so so my question becomes is is the half mechanical side of this minotaur is that like, are they out of the womb looking like that? Or is it a matter of they, this is a person who was born with some kind of a birth defect and mm -hmm. the mechanical nature, the me mechanical half of them is Daedalus's attempt at creating a better life for this person. But this person mm -hmm. is just that kind of like touched or traumatized in such a way where the, mm -hmm. or maybe they're just like naturally like psychopathic or sociopathic. Where oh. they're just like, I'm a fucking murderer. I mean, yeah. but it's like, you, so you get a little bit of both where it's like, you're trying to create a kindness and then it ends up, oh, oh, oh. I mean, if we're talking, if you wanted to be a higher power, this could be just like a rich person's like <laughs> offspring. And they basically cast them down into the slums, the labyrinthine slums as a way to sate their bloodlust and also like kind of put them out of like sight of yeah. the the higher up so to speak yeah i had two kind of thoughts before you got to that point one was like that this was a, a punishment enacted upon the person who became the minotaur um kind of thinking of like the remade from yeah. uh boss log by china mayville that setting where um basically criminals are punished by like being sort of like butchered and made into like part mechanical things mm -hmm. or uh it's pretty disturbing so i was thinking that or um as an alternative like yeah something that was kind of released down whether it's from like the church or the police or some other group um to like purge the city of what they deem to be uh, vile i like that last yeah. idea um, yeah I, I wonder if you can take a bit from both like i like the idea of this kind of rich experiment or mm -hmm. maybe being responsible for betraying it like and mm -hmm. casting it away mm -hmm. and then perhaps um maybe in the slums someone tried to fix this thing and Ooh. like they, mm -hmm. they fixing it their intent was to purge the rich uh, from the city mm -hmm. like you know maybe to stock the city's labyrinth and to really get rid of those who are oppressing them on in the labyrinth of the mm -hmm. city 
Mm. And there's see, your hope. <laughs> well, well, see, I was I was thinking that we would approach hope for, not from the point of Minotaur, but from the point of uh, Theseus. It is Theseus, right? Not Perseus. I was Theseus, yeah. Okay, mm. yeah. So we can. I mean, well, can Theseus of- be evil? Like, can can <laughs> the Minotaur be the hero in this case? Like, if if the city has this higher oppressive rich class, right, and mm-hmm. it's the one that casts the Minotaur down. I feel like it would be a reversal of the Minotaur's fortune uh, yeah. if it's the hero. Like, like in, in the sense yeah. that like it's the one purging these other rich elements from the city. What if like Theseus is Jack the Ripper in this setting? Oh. Like like he's a like some rich, like like son of a rich family kind of thing and like a serial so, killer who's rich. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. We're gonna we're gonna like crank this up. We're gonna crank up the drama shit to an eleven. Yeah. Because remember, this is gothic horror, which is mm. you know, there's always like that element of like tragedy and like weird. Yeah, a little bit of weird. So here's here's what I'm thinking. These two, uh, uh, we have Theseus and we have the Minotaur. They are twins. At yes, birth. that is yeah. totally what I was yeah. thinking. Yes. and one is deformed, and that's why he was yeah. altered by the the underclass. And so that's you why have, cast out. And, and and that's why you have. I, I actually want to keep it strictly in the labyrinthine part of like, yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. like the labyrinth itself being the slums. So you actually have this cat and mouse game of Theseus versus the Minotaur, as like one is trying to stop the other, and there is this public perception of one being monstrous and one being the hero. Right? Wouldn't mm-hmm. he have to venture though into the upper class in order to pose that threat? The Minotaur. Like, can the labyrinth be like sections of the city? Is a part of it is slums where he's emerging from, but he's going into like the noble district. What if there's like, yeah, like what if there's catacombs under the city that yeah he kind of mm. walks through that lead well, into that's where he parts. retreats to yeah mm. or his bases. Mm. Okay, so so that's the labyrinth then is like yeah, a yeah. catacomb under city, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. But he comes out to enact his justice, and Theseus has to go into the catacombs to, to confront the minotaur where he resides basically mm-hmm. but it's the opposite though because the, the theseus is the serial killer in this case yeah. well, he's and killing he, people throughout the city but i mean like in order to, to uh, find and kill the minotaur that's where the minotaur lives that's where sort of his base of operations it seems is right hmm. mm-hmm. okay i i think we're getting a little muddled here but i think that we've got like such a great fucking idea that we've got going on i, I mean, think that we should basically we workshop it a little bit huh this is batman returns Batman Returns? That's what this is. Oh, you Which mean one? like with the penguin? Yeah, uh, this is literally Batman Returns, but the penguin. The penguin is the Minotaur. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're you're actually not wrong. It's pretty close, <laughs> isn't it? I love it. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. The okay. the only thing that I am really interested in here is like this idea that like the city as the labyrinth is a really fascinating thing to me. And I think mm-hmm. that by having catacombs rather than like having a labyrinthine like area of the city i'm i'm less interested in that than i am like keeping the strong theme of like you know like i I think that the the catacombs is a fine idea but i mean i feel like that's just adding an extra layer quite literally Mm -hmm. that might not be necessary to this concept right well can we keep can we just make it the city then like i just i just don't want to restrict it to the poor part of the city because i feel like the fact that theseus is a rich serial killer and that he's perceived as the hero because he's hunting the Minotaur mm. requires mm. the Minotaur to pose a threat to that class of society. Well, mm. I, I mean, I, I suppose so, but I mean, have you ever seen from hell, Daniel? 
Oh, I'm, if I did, it was a billion years ago. <laughs> I haven't I seen it either. So uh, there, there is, uh, I'm getting strong from hell vibes about what we're talking about here. And it is uh, spoilers for like a, oh God, 20 year old movie at this point. <laughs> Uh, it's the, the, at the end, you find out that the, the Royal surgeon is the one who is going down into the slums and basically like butchering these poor women. And, mm -hmm. uh, so you see like a cover up by the crown itself to make sure that this killer goes free. And I feel like we can probably mirror that by, mm -hmm. oh. by kind of showing off that. Yeah, no, he can. Like he's allowed to walk into the slums, murder, butcher, and create this horrible scene and then blame it on the Minotaur because that Minotaur exists. Mm, so, okay. okay, so I get that. So basically his perversion is to prey on the weak. Like he goes into the slums to to to, to do the murdering that satisfies his perversion of these Correct. Yeah, because um, he knows that he can just get away with it. Like nobody's going to look into it. Yeah. Right. And so the, the, the overclass is covering up. The ones connected to him, his family's covering it up. But the Minotaur knows his family because he is of his family. Exactly. So mm -hmm. the mentor yeah. is wandering the streets and being blamed for these murders. Mm -hmm. we and could so he's, even... he's reviled by both the poor and the rich. Yeah. Right. It, it, we could even have it. So like the Minotaur's initial fall from grace or fall from the family is also Theseus's like fault. Like it could mm -hmm. be like yeah. the crime that Theseus commits, the Minotaur walks in and on Theseus is like, so silver tongued. Mm -hmm. blames him for it and then no one believes the minotaur and because he's deformed he's a... so that's exactly. why they're like of yeah. course that he did it. he's a monster yeah he's you know? a monster they perceive mm -hmm. him as a monster exactly mm -hmm. right. yes yeah. okay so i'm totally on board with that i get it I like <laughs> okay and then, another... and then hence the bad reputation starting mm -hmm. out but yeah another element that we can bring in is ariadne who in the greek myth was oh. the minotaur's half-sister i think mm -hmm. um and she is the one who helped uh theseus navigate the labyrinth essentially right um then she fell in love with theseus and then he was a dick to her but um in no this, could, like, theseus I, no, wow such a nice guy um yeah so in this one maybe we could like switch it up so um ariadne could be like a, a wealthier woman who's helping theseus out but like at the last minute realizes what's going on mm. and like realizes can that she theseus be the cops? She, I was I was actually thinking something like that. I was thinking Detective. she was an investigator. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. I like Daniel. that idea. Yeah, yeah. and okay. she has like literal string or something like yeah. that. You know, yeah. that'll be a good that'll be a good subversion because yeah. mm -hmm. the expectation is the cops are always corrupt, and I'm sure that mm -hmm. they are mostly corrupt because they're part of the wealthy class in this setting. Yeah, but if she this is the one good one. Yeah, yeah, she was. She's. She. She thought that he was good. She learns that he's bad. And she has to side with the Minotaur in the end, which also subverts the Greek myth itself. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. That's really fun, actually. Yeah. Um, okay. This is a really fun story already. Like I'm. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely loving what we're doing here. Um, what? Like, I. I feel like hope is definitely still there, but I. I feel like we mm -hmm. need to spend a little bit more time talking about hope in order for me to feel fully satisfied with what we've going, what we've got going on here. Yeah. Could be something more to do with Ariadne. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what there's something about like her protecting her family. Who's at risk mm -hmm. from Theseus. I mean, or, potential mm -hmm. for reform maybe in some way mm -hmm. or for exposing yeah. the corruption in, in the, the ruling class. Okay. I, yeah. I can support that. Yeah. Yep. Could, could, um, 
could she be in some way connected? Because we're leaving out the poor. Could there be? A, we need a character among yes, the poor, and I think agreed. the character who yeah. created the Minotaur has to be integral to this because he's the one who set the Minotaur out. Yeah, and that would be uh, in this case, it would be uh, Daedalus, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. right, is so what's Daedalus, Daedalus like? Yeah. Uh, here, here's what I'm thinking. Daedalus is originally of the underclass and kind of through his genius works his way up. So he's working with Kings, AKA like the nobility of this area. Right. And then mm-hmm. when he quote unquote fixes the Minotaur and like, he's like praised for it. It's like, wow, you've created this thing. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Great. And mm-hmm. then once that Minotaur falls from grace, so does Daedalus and Daedalus is like, I'm picturing them as like, ultra genius but like mm-hmm. completely despondent in like and like an alcoholic at this point oh and especially so, if if icarus was also killed at some point by theseus maybe oh, even yeah. as like i revenge. was gonna say yeah theseus like, yeah theseus yeah. is the one who killed icarus yeah 100%. and because he was yeah. he was he was learning too much he was flying too close to the sun mm-hmm. of the rich family yes. and so theseus yep. got, him, got him look, look yep. at all this shit that we're br- oh, <laughs> perfect fucking perfect. dope Wow. This is like a great, you know, if someone wants to steal this and write the novel, they would get awards because it's like reinventing, you know, not to toot our own horn here, but it's it's doing, there was a novel recently that really did it. I forget what, which hero it covered in particular. There um, was um Cersei, was which it? was really good. Yeah. And yeah. there's been a spate, I feel like, of, there's of a, really yeah, there's redoing it. And this would mm-hmm. be a great one. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what we're doing here. Uh, although... I, I can't say that we're the ones who are like doing this whole thing, considering that the the myth is like thousands of years old. But I think reinventing on a premise. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I got you, Daniel. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Also, you're Daedalus. I totally dig it. I have no changes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Um, so kind of so what he, I was picturing. Uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. I would make him a little bit more, more nefarious, but I feel like because we want to hope. I feel like. If maybe he's the one who connects with the detective in the end, and they that's try what to, I'm thinking. Yeah, yes. yeah it could work. He's he's essentially the Q who's supplying Ariadne mm-hmm. with all these like gadgets to go and find mm-hmm. and stop yeah, this. Because cool. then she's got to work against her own cops too. So she's got to have this extra yeah. leg, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um. In some. And in. Can we make that leg literal? Can we just give her a prosthesis for no reason? Like, <laughs> sure. why not? Right? Why not? It's fucking yeah. steampunk. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe all, her leg, it, she had an encounter with a minotaur that was like a misunderstood encounter and it broke her leg permanently. And so she's, I was going to say, yeah. when we say half yeah. sister, like maybe that's the half that they're talking about where they have like a mechanical leg and that, and yeah. so that, that's like the in joke, right? Where they're quote unquote half sister because she has mechanical leg. <gasps> that data was made for her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is she the one that, um, was if we want to really tie it back and, and up the drama, was she the one that who got wounded as a child by the Minotaur? I mean, by, by Theseus. No, because then she would know mm. that Theseus did it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we can't go for it. can't do that. I yeah. still think that it's, I, th- I still think that it is. Um, it would be neat though. Icarus is the one who was murdered, who kicks off this whole thing. Oh, so, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. that changes Adolescence's whole mind. You know? yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Abs- yeah. I mean, imagine the guilt that you feel because, oh, oh yeah. my son died because of my hubris. And so, mm. Actually, that's that's even more thematically appropriate. Good yeah. Lord, this thing writes itself. <laughs> it does. It's just fucking. See, this is why these these myths, they have they all contain something fundamental, I think, about human beings. Yeah. Yes. yes. And yes, that's yes. why we can just like mine them. And they always generate something new. Like they're mm-hmm. the ultimate urtexts. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So I love what we've created here. Such a cool, mm-hmm. fun scenario. And unfortunately, we have to roll the dice and see if it gets ruined <laughs> by a twist. So let's go ahead and roll the dice. See what happens. All right. And the twist is... There is no twist. So oh, okay. we we lucked out. There is no That's twist. Nice. I think that <laughs> another twist would have would have potentially kind of ruined a really cool and fun strong mm-hmm. idea. So I like what we've got going on here. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, this is fun. I like that we've subverted the roles of the Minotaur and Theseus. I love the weird steampunk romantic gothic setting that we've going on. Like everything mm-hmm. about this is like so fucking fun. I love this. Oh man, do we, okay. I feel like because there's no twist, we have to add in a little bit more, right? Like what else can we add to this concept here? Anything? Hmm. Do do we want to do a little bit more or what are we thinking? My only other thought was like, what if the, the crime that the Minotaur had walked in on was Theseus like killing Ariadne's sister or something like that at the start to like really link it all back to it. But that might be overkill. You, so like you it. want to add like personal stakes to Ariadne's character? Yeah. yeah, like she never she never solved that crime and that's been like haunting her. And oh, so that's why I she's like, like really putting herself into yeah, this. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Right? Yeah, why not? Because yeah. then she'll she'll really have to turn on Theseus. She'll realize yeah. that the whole family is corrupt. Everything she trusted is corrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe the cops yeah. helped cover it up, and so she can't mm-hmm. even trust them anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's perfect. One thing I th- I want to, because I feel like we've definitely got the gothic horror down or the that part down pretty well because we're steeped in like Victorian London style city and we're like steeped in this kind of Jack the Ripper aesthetic. I love that. Besides the besides the Minotaur being like steampunky themselves, like is there anything that we can answer. add on the steampunk side of things? Maybe I've already got your answer. Uh, well then tell me daniel as you were talking i'm like i got it um (laughs) so the the theseus who murders people he doesn't he doesn't quite murder them he like takes them apart and stitches them into like steampunk parts and blames that on the minotaur because the minotaur is part steampunk okay and so perhaps Mm -hmm. like there's also some sexual fixations attached to it like Mm -hmm. he doesn't kill them he keeps them alive as like part automatons in his collection you know and That's does horrible things to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so like the body parts they leave behind are just the ones that like didn't make the cut, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, God, that's a terrible mm. pun. I'm sorry. That's, but that's like, awful. It's fucked up. Right? No, but like th- those are like, so yeah. so people aren't finding like whole bodies. It's just like cool bits pieces and bits. Yeah, he yeah, want, yeah. He keeps the parts he wants and keeps mm-hmm. them alive. And so maybe the steampunk aspect of this, because it leans on horror is more like um, cyborg, but cyborg of the sense of like steampunk cyborg. Right. So mm-hmm. you mean like Morkborg meets cyborg. So yes. Morkborg's yes. cyborg, which I think yes. I've said org too much. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I, I can support this for and you. And he can like, blame it on the Minotaur because the Minotaur is part, it clearly makes sense. The Minotaur is a monster like this. And so he creates monsters mm-hmm. like himself because he's searching yeah, for love. Yeah. You know? we, can, we can go a level of propaganda even deeper <laughs> and suggest that like Theseus is like, oh, I've heard that he's trying to make a human suit for himself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like go full Buffalo Bill with it and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, Fucking Theseus is a dick. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true. If you've ever played Hades, you know that Theseus is a dick. But I downloaded that, but I need to play that game. I love what? that. You studio. haven't played Hades? It's that so studio good. is so good. It's so good. <laughs> My Hades favorite game of like, all time is Hades. Um, is one of one of the rare games where I actually got all of the achievements in it because oh, wow. I never wanted to stop playing that game. Transistor, so I couldn't, I don't want to play it again because my first experience of it was so perfect. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin this. You I will admit, I mean? Daniel, I, I did not finish Transistor. <gasps> yeah. How could you? Uh, I, I didn't play it. Well, either. how could how could you not play Hades, Daniel? I want to. I desperately want to. <laughs> I'm sure you can get it on Steam for fairly cheap. But I, I mean, I, I own it. You, <laughs> well, what's the problem? Time is my problem. Ugh, you need to create some more time for yourself, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Right? Treat yourself. You know, instead of like taking a quote unquote vacation to work on all your other stuff. Maybe you should take an actual vacation, but I, I don't feel know like, mm. I feel like if you were to do that, you would just like start to crumble and fall apart. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Like, I can't do it. Uh, yeah. Like your, your brain and life force depend on inertia. Yes. I feel like if you allowed yourself together with work, so yeah. Daniel, Daniel is the living embodiment of hashtag hustle. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> uh okay we we've stepped away from the uh victorian steampunk gothic minotaur world and next we're going to do the exact same monster but in a completely different context so let's go ahead and see what we roll here uh the genre that this minotaur is going to be taking place in is cosmic horror Hmm. okay uh, the theme surrounding this minotaur in a cosmic horror sense is going to be. To do the minotaur again. Something forbidden. And uh, yes, we are doing the minotaur again. Oh, okay. Well, I just think it'd be fun to see the same monster in two different contexts, you know? Yeah, I just feel minotaur out. <laughs> <That's rough. laughs> Well, try and try and take that and because look, I know that I know that we just did the Minotaur, right? But I think that try and take that energy, like because we did come up with an amazing concept. Mm-hmm. Like I love that concept. Try and take that concept. We've got cosmic horror now with a theme of something forbidden. I mean, I think that this I mean, the theme of the Minotaur in and of itself is definitely something forbidden anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we take this and make it interesting? Daniel, you're a little burnt out on mentors. I understand that. How do we, what's the twist? How do we make it fresh? How do we reinvigorate you do we to only get you have, excited about a minotaur again? The only, didn't you have to roll other stuff? Like we have. Nope. Oh, we had two, two of the last time. Well, right. Because I oh, rolled a okay. uh, roll twice and combine. The cosmic mm-hmm. horror is the one in this one. Cosmic horror yeah. is the genre. The theme is something forbidden. How does the Minotaur fit into this? I mean, my my brain immediately goes into uh, again because this is just so happens with cosmic horror that I my brain always goes to C- Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. This is not a labyrinth in a physical sense, but in a occult sense. Yeah. So you're you're a detective trying to find the Minotaur as you're following this weird occult trail down, you know, and it's, uh, again, in my mind, it's a globe hopping adventure 
where you're just trying to track down like pages of this book or something like that. But Daniel, where is your brain going? Because again, I want you to feel excited. I want you to feel as excited as I am every time I approach a Minotaur. So what do we got? What are you uh, thinking? Um, I feel like I need one more thing for this. Um, What's the thing? I mean, like one more vector, you know, like. Um... All right. Well, if that's the case, Courtney, let, let's mm-hmm. see if you can add the thing that we need to tickle Daniel's balls here. Uh, <laughs> what is what is this third vector that Daniel needs? And what are your thoughts on this concept so far? I do like the idea of um, not a literal labyrinth, but more like a labyrinthine mystery that somebody's trying to figure out. And like mm-hmm. maybe there's a, a cult that's trying to summon this minotaur creature from. Oh, yep. Yep. From beyond space and time or whatever um and Ooh, that's fun and then yeah. and then the symbol is like you can tell that there's like a high priest when they put on like the minotaur helmet that or like Ooh, it just looks yeah. like a bullhead yeah and so in, in again i always try and think cinematically it's like you're a detective and then you see this ritual from afar and then like backlit by a massive brazier is this shadowy figure of the minotaur mm-hmm. and it's like just a cultist with a minotaur head on but there is something like really fucking scary and cool about that so yeah mm-hmm. that's fun what else you got Courtney I, I'm sorry to cut you off but I, no, I, no. I just get so excited about Bowman <laughs> how can you I mean come on anyway that's what, what were you saying yeah um no I was just sort of trailing off because I'm not entirely sure where to go from there mm. um wasn't there a Lovecraft story where somebody's like in a pyramid and they see um they see something, some like ritual type thing and their their <laughs> mind like gets broken and that's yeah. I was gonna say I'm like this no, it was like, like it was like a literal pyramid though. Like is that the Egypt. one with the penguins? Uh no. <laughs> I, I think you're so. thinking of the mountains of madness, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that right. That's yeah. the one with the penguins. No, this is like actually in Egypt, I think. Um, oh, okay. I think. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, like some guy gets like trapped in a pyramid and he sees some like crazy ritual. And... Oh, okay. Um, hmm. I like the idea that we've got going on here that we've got a labyrinthine mystery. Mm-hmm. And there is a cult of the Minotaur, cult of the bull, whatever you want to call it. In, in reality, if this is cosmic horror we'd be calling it the cult of, and then the name, like a proper noun name of a God, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. cult of Dagon, like Cthulhu, et cetera, et cetera. But in here, it, it's some bull based God. Maybe we can just call it Minos, right? Like the, the cult of Minos. And, but where's the cosmic Daniel, can you come in and tell me what the cosmic part of this is? Yeah. So one thing that we have to capture if we're dealing with cosmic horror is what's, what's, called acosmicism, which I think in the last episode we talked a little bit about it, is the idea that um, the divine forces or whatever they are outside the universe just don't care about us and mm-hmm. that the universe is divested of meaning, so it's nihilistic. Mm-hmm. So this detective's quest is ultimately pointless. Like, he can't solve it, and he will be consumed by madness. And mm-hmm. the cultists, the whatever Minos is, doesn't give a crap about the cultists. So basically both of them are approaching... Um, approaching this from a human perspective that mm. this other entity just does not understand or care about. Okay. Um, and yeah. that's, so there's an oppressive sense of not just lack of meaninglessness, but indifference to human ambition. 
that the yeah. universe has. I could see with the cult, like them them thinking that they're like worshiping this god being mm-hmm. like thinking that that will give them, give them like special privileges when he is summoned but in reality when they actually succeed he just shows up and literally eats them because that's what right. the minotaur mm-hmm. does in greek mythology he just okay eats okay is is the is this cult trying to bring the manifestation of minos into this universe so they're trying to enact some kind of like fertility ritual where they're trying to birth the next actual mm. minotaur into the world you know, what's making me think um is if we cast the so i'm thinking of true detective the first season and, the good season yes mm. right and there was an aspect of that that was definitely cosmic horror inspired um, oh, yeah. even though mm-hmm. it didn't like literally go there and i wonder if um we take all the elements that we have been doing we make it in a more modern setting um, and we don't make it explicit as to whether it's truly supernatural. So, you know, perhaps Minos that's being quote unquote summoned by these cultists is really a manifestation of their own um, insanity or, or their their own kind of, you know, the horror that they've created in this cult. And, you know, there's the, the detective is, is trying to find out about these murders or these cultists and about stories of, you know, monsters eating people. Um, but there's a question of whether this is a real thing or not. And that's part of the madness for the detective. Mm-hmm. You know, the further he descends into this mystery, the more he's not sure whether or not um, this cult is real or not, or what it's actually worshiping and the things he's encountering, he can't really make sense of. And then mm-hmm. the reader or the viewer or the player too begins to doubt their own reality. Right. Yeah. Okay. So spoilers for season one of true detective, the good season. Um, are are going to be sprinkled out as I continue to talk <laughs> about this. But I see what you're talking about, Daniel, where you get to the end of that season and you find out that Carcosa and the Yellow King are all basically like veiled metaphors for the rich and super powerful and stuff like that, right? And you find out that, to me, disappointingly, Carcosa was not real, right? <laughs> but I also mm-hmm. love, I think that what you, by by talking about True Detective, you've nailed that exact type of like cosmos a cosmicism mm-hmm. and tone like you see russ deteriorate mentally yeah. mm-hmm. and like as and you see woody harrelson's character do the exact same thing but like he handles it in a very different way yeah, yeah. i mean that phrase time is a flat circle is so powerful because i think it captures the feeling of a mm-hmm. that humans would have knowing that that is the case mm-hmm. in their universe Daniel, can you tell me the difference between uh, nihilism and acosmicism? Because I feel like there's a lot of overlap going on there. Yeah. So nihilism isn't necessarily bad. Like nihilism says that the universe inherently doesn't have meaning. So what that entails is that we create the meaning. So when Nietzsche says God Mm -hmm. is dead, God defines meaning in the universe. Like the reason why we do things, the reason why we care, we have morals is because God says so. So as soon as God is dead, the the world is the universe is emptied of, of inherent meaning, and we're going to start deciding what does it mean to do good and such. However, so it can be a good thing. There's also like obviously a cynical, depressive version of nihilism, which is like, oh, and now let us despair because you know uh, the universe has no meaning. Um, like Fight Club is a great example of um, a nihilism in the positive sense, um, and I can go on more about that, but that's a separate thing. A cosmicism, on the other hand, takes it a step further. It says not only is the is it the case that nihilism is true, but out there in the universe too, there are forces that 
are amoral. Like they have no understanding or care for um, human meaning or human compassion or, or concepts that humans understand. And um, in a sense, they're going to, their, their interaction with us will utterly annihilate us. And mm. the fact that they exist, it's like an almost like an anti-God the fact right. that they're out there means that the universe is inherently like uncaring, empty, and it's a hopeless affair. Like mm. not only mm. is there no meaning embedded in the universe, but there are entities out there beyond our understanding that make it impossible for us to create meaning because mm. they're infinite and powerful and totally opposed, um, not out of malice to, but because they just don't understand humanity to us. I think I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it it still describes the type of horror that we're talking about here so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to describe the the elder gods of the Cthulhu mythos. Imagine that humanity is two ant hills fighting over ground in a parking lot, and the elder gods such as Cthulhu are the humans who are about to bulldoze that parking lot and put up something new into it. Mm. Like they, the ants are so beneath our care and notice that we literally are just like, it's so because what we're doing is so above and beyond that. That's and and like, I I think that's like a great way to approach that type of horror as well. Like even if you can make meaning, it doesn't matter. I I kept saying a cause. It should be just cosmicism. I keep, I don't Ah, know why I added a in front of it. That would like (laughs) negate itself. It it does sound more, more academic when you call it. I know. So that's probably what it is. You just want to sound a little bit fancy. I know. I didn't mean to, but it's just, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We're, we're getting, we're drifting away from the cult of Minos here. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let, let's bring it all back. By the way, Daniel, uh, round of applause for like that great spiel on nihilism. <laughs> yes, agreed. Ways, like, agreed. Only good. because I did my undergrad thesis on HP. Well, what about HP Lovecraft's contemporary? That's the only way I can get away with, get away with that. <laughs> uh, Clark Ashton Smith. Yes. Ah, okay. We mm-hmm. I knew we talked about this before. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, anyway. Uh. Or, all right. So we've got. Are we at the point where we're ready to throw in a twist yet? Or are we kind of like, because I feel like we've got a core concept that's very strong, right? I feel like we're missing something though, right? Yeah, Yeah. what I was thinking is, um, especially when you brought up True Detective season one and how there's like the really disturbing uh, rituals and abuse and trafficking that's occurring. Like we could kind of carry, Yeah. yeah, just awful, awful. We could sort of carry that over here as well um, Mm -hmm. in terms of like maybe they're doing some sort of mutilation or something Mm -hmm. to um, to like symbolize or do something related to bulls and I'm thinking literal branding. Yeah. Mm, Or like a it could be like a labyrinth shaped brand like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that could work. I don't know how that would necessarily show up on skin in reality, but this is mm. fiction, so fuck it, right? Yeah. Ooh, that makes me think of next Nexvium that cult. Nexium, yeah, Nexium. Yeah, Nexium. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if, and that had to do with sexually abusing women. So I wonder mm-hmm. if we can go back to the theme of um, Minos's wife who copulated yep. the bull. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe there's some aspect that has to do with women that makes it creepier. Oh God, um, like a forced copulation kind of thing. Oh, as part know. of a ceremony, yeah. if we want to go that dark with it. This is, I mean, this is incredibly dark, but yeah. I think that what we're talking about here, like in terms of like modern cults, when we're talking about mm. labyrinthine thinking, when we're talking about like 
all this horrible nonsense. Like it, it lines and, and, our, and again, our genre is cosmic horror. So yeah, yeah oh, this fair. totally yeah. works, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, yeah. it's not like we're going to get like sunshine and fucking puppies when we're talking mm-hmm. about cosmic horror. And if we do, Horrible things are happening to those sunshine and puppies. <laughs> With it, we can make the cultists primarily female, and they have some kind of forced sexual copulation with their victims. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's it's the men who are branded as bulls is what mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Yes. Okay. Oh, interesting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. I can I can fully support this. So we have like a matriarchal kind of like so it's it's inverted nexium. Right. Where Mm -hmm. it's a matriarchal Mm -hmm. society where men are branded because they're like, I mean, we can take like an ultra hyper like giga feminist and like break the logic to the point where it's like men are simply cattle to be used Mm -hmm. for copulation in some kind of way. And then, sorry, what's what's that? What's that Lars von Trier movie? Um, Could sprinkle a little bit Lars von Trier on it. I'm which which one are we talking about here? Because um, Lars von Trier has a, a pretty robust body of work. It's the one with the devil in the cabin. It's just grotesque. Antichrist. Oh, Antichrist. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Of I haven't seen that, that one. Actually. That's fucked up. <laughs> um, I've I've only let, let me see what what have that's I? That's the one where she up? like. I mean, there's a scene where it's just gross, but it involves like private parts and this woman like doing something to a person to the point that they bleed. It's gross. Mm. I I think I know the scene that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I've literally only seen Dancer in the Dark, which is incredibly depressing. Now that I mm-hmm. think about it, um, I mean it's it's real fucked up. So I'm wondering if we're gonna have like extremist psychopathic women, mm-hmm. like know, actually doing time. like body mutilation kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Um, you know what? I feel like now is a good point to come in with the <laughs> twist. Once we've like once we're teetering on that like edge of bleak, I feel like now is the time where we're like maybe we pull it back just a little bit. You know what if what if they're actually like trying to make a minotaur like oh yeah like graft go on bull features onto a man so that he looks like a minotaur, which is awful. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Now we're adding elements of like human centipede and that's just Mm. horrifying to be Mm. like, dear Lord. Excellent work. Thank you. So the twist. uh... (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I was going to say like, yeah, let's, let's find the twist. Okay. Um, All right. So yeah, I we're on the edge of bleak. I feel like now is definitely the time to, uh, to roll for the twist. So let's see what we get and hope that it's not, now make it super dark because I already feel like we're almost there, you know? (laughs) All right. So our twist for this Minotaur is add in some time travel. Hmm. Um, Fascinating. Okay. My, my brain immediately goes to an occurrence on Owl Creek. So the the detective that we're following here, this is all in their head as they're dying, as they're about to be like cr- turned into the Minotaur, um. you know, like, so that's how we're, but it's not true time travel. It's more like we're experiencing time in a nonlinear fashion. Um, that would also go with the cosmic horror themes where the, the victim here being the detective is kind of the, uh, 
the the anchor point character and yeah let, let's let's move away from that i think <laughs> um, i mean I, what, I like interpreting it not as literal time travel i think that's important sure i mean i i think mm-hmm. that can work mind you right like mm-hmm. you're they're they're trying to solve a a case while experiencing like flashes of of their memory being like jumbled up and fucked up and stuff like that right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well could it could it be even simpler like could the detective just be a heavy heavy drug user and he has this like mm-hmm. part of his investigation is like hampered by his addiction and it really gives him these kind of weird like you're saying memory issues almost like memento sort of thing you should really watch from hell by the way <laughs> is that what it is <laughs> <laughs> uh the johnny depp's character who is like the main investigator is an opium addict and oh yeah like, mm-hmm. they start they start the movie in an opium den so mm-hmm. um anyway uh i i think i like that idea i think because mm-hmm. it, it adds this kind of this kind of thing where you watch as this character falls deeper and deeper into this labyrinth and then towards the end, right. Or, or maybe they're using the opium to kind of help them out of the labyrinth to kind of come back to reality only at the last minute to watch this twist be that the opium is the thing that's sinking them closer and closer to the minotaur. And mm-hmm. what happens is that last hit, like that last hit that they do of opium is the one where, Oh, by the way, uh, the den that you've been using as sanctuary this entire time is actually the absolute den of the Minotaur, and it's the mm-hmm. center of this cult, and oh, we've wow. been leading you here this entire mm-hmm. time. I love it. Yeah. Ooh, what if we like tie in the Ariadne part in a way of like a woman from this cult was posing as if she was helping this guy, oh, yeah. giving oh, she's, him. She's, she's the, the one who's like unquote, giving him. Victim. Yeah, mm, and she's like giving him this like drug, like the thread of some sort. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 Is that's she his what, drug user? Like his, his, what he kind of fix her? Yeah. Or like she, she kind of nudges him in that direction as like, Oh, I can see you're in a lot of pain. Like, let me, let me help you out here. Kind of thing. Ooh, like I want to help yeah. you with this case. And she's wow. actually just luring him into this. I, I like the game. idea that Beautiful. he goes into the opium den and she mm. notices like, Hey, what are you doing with that symbol? Mm. And, She's like, oh, I escaped from that cult mm-hmm. years ago and like mm-hmm. is able to feed him leads that end yeah. up getting yeah. her closer and closer yeah. to the edge. And then at the end, That's of course, great. she's the matriarch behind the whole goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Fuck. All right. Yeah. That that's the, and and what I love about that in particular, right, is that you really can you really can make that super modern because I feel like it all works remark. I, I, I by the way. Yeah. The Nexium thing, like my head is just like, yeah, one hundred percent Nexium. Like, uh, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Like, that was fucked up. We gotta add that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anything yeah, with yeah, like yeah, bodily, yeah. if we're into horror, anything with like the body being violated. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mm-hmm. mention our current situation, but that's what it makes me think of. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, there is. I, I think that for me, I, I'm going to get a little deep here with my own personal phobias. I remember watching some movie way back that was based on H.P. Lovecraft's. Um, movies and i don't remember the movie itself being good but i remember one of the things that like still terrifies me to this like to my absolute core is that the the twist at the end is like 
this woman wakes up and she has no limbs and she's trapped helpless as she's watching oh like horrible, like, yeah, like that mm. to me, like makes me so deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Like where yeah. I'm like, you are helpless and like completely, like you can't do anything. I'm like, Oh, Oh God, it makes me so uncomfortable. Like I'm, I'm literally mm-hmm. like cringing right now. Not in like the embarrassment way. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, if anyone remembers what that is, shoot me an email or, or send it over on discord. Like, I, I cannot for the life of me remember anything more about that movie, but that scene always is like seared into my brain. Mm. I'm also getting vibes of um, Midsummer, not to. Well, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, that is also very appropriate. Now yeah. That I think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, except with a bull instead of a bear, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Daniel, you really got to watch uh, Hereditary in Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've seen either of those. I think I've heard music from Midsummer, but that's good. Oh yeah, yeah. The Very music in both is really good. Also, um, I mean, I know that we're basically done with the scenario and we're talking horror movies at this point, but like, can we talk about how Tony Collette got fucking snubbed for her portrayal in that movie? Where it's like that is one of the most powerful performances. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Oscars didn't even glance at it because it's in the fucking horror category. Wait, she didn't even get a nomination. She didn't even get a nomination. It's like easily one of the, hold on. Let me, let me, before Mm. I get fully enraged about that, let me Google and see how true that is. Give me a fucking second. Yeah, no. Yep. Was not even nominated. Wow. Was not even nominated. That's gross. Yeah. No, that's, that's disgusting. Cause that, oh, that movie is so, uh, I don't often sit here and because I mean, I love trash horror movies. It's it's no it's no surprise to anyone. But that movie is uh, hereditary is one. You have to be in the right headspace for it. Don't go into it if you're kind of bummed out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be ready to be like and actually I know that some of our patrons are like, oh, it's boring as fuck. Like, yeah, okay, get out of here. Glue axe. I don't care about your opinion (laughs) in this case. That movie is chilling it's one of the rare movies that like actually gave me goosebumps and like made me feel a chill up my back which is like never happens you know like, mm. anyway uh so daniel you should watch it yeah, <laughs> you should if you're if oh, you're up for a cheery list. movie anyway yeah my list of movies yeah oh yeah your your list of movies that never end Lately, what I've been enjoying watching is, um, and I love bitching about this, um, is I watch <laughs> the Red Letter Media reviews of really bad shows. So, Nancy oh, Taylor, yeah. Picard. Instead of watching Picard, I just watch their horrible <laughs> commentary on it. Because I, I feel like that's all you need. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all you need, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that That's why I love Best of the Worst so much. Like, I yes. can experience the movie without actually subjecting myself to it. Do that one the one they have Macaulay Culkin shows up every now and then? Yeah. I yeah, love exactly. him. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> McCall, yeah, Mac is fucking great on that show. It's and it's like they've it's actually had dude, real either. celebrities on recently. And I'm like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I feel like that's two very different and interesting mm-hmm. takes on the Minotaur for sure. Yeah. And I love that we can take like the core concept of it, and you don't even need to have a furry, shaggy ass bull man in order to have like, oh, this is the Minotaur. You would like People would watch the story and they would recognize this is the Minotaur. This is the story of the Minotaur. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. How does no. Oh, these are fucking hacks. Look at them. This is just the Minotaur myth, you know, like whatever. <laughs> but no, like, look how cool and how different both of those stories are. I mean, admittedly, we both have detectives of main characters, but I think that 
the stories themselves are wildly different enough that we can kind of hand wave that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so this this format that we've done today, this monster mash, is incredibly new. Uh, and, and I know that it's basically just monster makeover mushed in with a world building jam, but shut up, make your own podcast. Uh, and if you like this, let us know, uh, if you would rather us go back to doing the world building setting stuff, you can have us build your world by going, go, by going to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, submitting your prompt, and we'll do your world building setting within a reasonable amount of time. If you want to tweet at us and let us know that you love this particular concept, you can tweet us over at Let's World Build, or you can just come and talk about it in the Discord. And you can argue with Gluax about how Hereditary is actually a fantastic movie. Don't even at me. Uh, there's a link for that in the description if you want to do that in the Discord. Or if you're feeling particularly generous and want to give us money, or if you just you know want access to our sweet, sweet patron-only episodes, there is a link for our Patreon in the description. Click on that. Give us money. If you want, no pressure, right? That's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together until next week. Bye.